Hey, hello everybody. This is Sam Blum, the host of the podcast Calling All Halos. I'm joined alongside my co-host here once again, Connor Grossman. Hello, Connor. Hi, Sam. It's good to see you. I think it's you. Could it be your stunt double, perhaps? Ban, <laughs> ban slum? Were you prepared for that? Or did that come to you just right now? <laughs> it's my body. I kind of, admittedly, I'd kind of been thinking that I wanted to say that to you once you said hello, that I wanted to question if I was in fact talking to you or a replacement you. Well, is me. Um, here I am. <laughs> We're back. And yeah, uh, that was interesting yesterday. Do the Angels have more replacements they can just put out there? I don't know. I don't know, like, who that guy was. You know, it's really funny because <laughs> I was standing there wanting to see if Anthony Rendon would actually go and take the picture because, right. you know, just everything, which we'll talk about him soon. Um, so, and the Angels PR guy walks out with this guy. <laughs> In the 17 jersey, and he start and PR, and I can, and now I'm like looking back on this, and I'm thinking he was probably trying to distract me from this because he's like, "Do you see Anthony's out there?" And he's like talking about, it, and then all of a sudden he's like, "This guy's all the way out there." I'm like, "Why is he wearing an Otani jersey?" <laughs> this guy, this guy, we need to find who this guy is. I, I know. I think he. I was told he works in the front office, which and and was that it Perry, not, not in baseball operations. So I, that is all I know uh outside of that i don't know who this guy is and it's funny because after the photo was taken you know they're standing in the outfield it's this guy whoever he is shohei otani white shohei otani <laughs> talking with the like three angels pr people like one of their social people and yeah. then i'm like okay he'll come back he'll come back the way he came in and then i'm realizing they're probably talking about how to avoid what PR nightmare is going to stem from this <laughs> the latest nightmare and, and a, just a series of things is going to stem from all this. To be clear, if there's anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, the Angels took their team photo yesterday and seemingly every member of the team and organization who's supposed to be there was there, except one of their players who you may have heard of, Shohei Otani, was not present. Yeah. So a stranger was suited up in his full uniform in the photo, which will presumably they will Photoshop they will this Photoshop. random guy's face out, which makes you wonder, like, couldn't they just leave an empty space in the photo and put Shohei in there? Or did they really need to put a human in his uniform? Supposedly they did this also with like Jared Weaver one year. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it's just. Do we think the same guy stood in for Jared Weaver and Shohei Otani? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But I do think. To your earlier point, uh, the crossover between people that know what happened here and that listen to this podcast is, I'm guessing, close to 100. percent I would That's hope. Fair. Yeah, but it, it <laughs> it's just um, uh, yeah. Okay, here's a question: Did this stranger look to be about Otani's height, which Google yes. tells me is six foot four? Yes, six foot four, right? Like two ten. I think that probably, you know. Do you think that was the deciding factor when they, yes. you know, excitedly informed Angels employees that one of you gets to be Shohei Otani for a day? One of you gets to be abs like go absolutely viral across the entire universe. <laughs> I mean, that's what's happened here. This thing has gone completely viral. And I don't know if they did not think that would happen, but uh it did. It happened. Um it just it's what a you know, and it's like I don't think it would have been as crazy had it had not all these other things been constantly happening for the angels in the last like five weeks, but really the last like two to three weeks. Of course. It just feels like 
it's like what really what this we're going to talk about this episode is what we're talking about now which is just how ridiculous this 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 whole operation is right now i mean it's just wild like you could go through the last two weeks and point out like 10 things like from them waving six players or attempting to wave i guess they waved five they attempted to wave seven i believe gritchick and then one other I'm not sure if it might have been in tyler anderson but there was somebody else they tried to wave that didn't go through and so they you know randall gritchick not getting waved ended up being like this very detrimental thing because mm-hmm. then they were not no longer under the luxury tax which was the well, he was waived but he just wasn't claimed by any other team is that yes, right yeah, that's correct he wasn't claimed okay. um and as a result, the Angels remained over the luxury tax, which then forced them to make this other move um, or didn't force them to. I shouldn't say that because everyone has a choice. And the choice that the Angels made was to put Max Dassey on the restricted list. And Max Dassey has been out the entire season due to a family emergency. Um, and I think the Angels have actually handled this really well throughout the first you know, five months of the season, really, and letting him stay on the injured list as opposed to going on the restricted list. The difference is on the restricted list, you don't get paid. The injured list, you do get paid. Um, Even though he didn't really, to my knowledge, have an injury that would have prevented him from being out this whole season. Uh, It was more this this family situation, and the Angels were doing right by Max and letting him get paid and deal with what he was dealing with with his family. Now, I think when you make a decision to then kind of uh, put him on the restricted list, I I think it looks worse than maybe it is because I'm not... I'm, I haven't talked to Max about this, but it, I don't believe that he was, there was like any issues with that necessarily. Um, and uh, it just looks more opportunistic than I think it is, but it, it's still not a good look. And it's just at the end of the day, that is kind of what happens when more th- bad things happen and more bad things happen and more bad things happen. You just don't get the benefit of the doubt when like another thing that kind of seems ridiculous happens. And, and the angels just being so desperate to get below the luxury tax threshold you know, you make decisions that just don't look good. And I think that's what this was. Yeah, and it was just, it felt so unusual in the moment. I mean, I know I was with you shortly after the news came out that the Angels were going to cut these, you know, notable players on the roster in an effort to get below the luxury tax. It just seemed, it, it was so brazen and blatant. And I feel like usually teams will try to, you know, not cover up, but like things like this usually aren't so obvious as just cutting quality, good major league players with weeks to go in the season that could potentially tip the scales in a playoff race. Like the whole thing was just so unusual. It was so angels. It's not indefensible if you're, you know, the bean counter up in the angels front office trying to decide you know, probably with the orders from Artie to get below the luxury tax. And this is just what they had to do. So it's not like, you know, completely out of the realm of possibilities, but it was just, it was so angels. It was so unusual. I just think bean counters have to have feel sometimes, which has always been an issue. It seems like here, whereas like this, there's other things that kind of happen when you do this. I mean, you know, first off, when you put players on waivers, like I'm pretty sure the whole league kind of gets the notice about these waivers. And so, it right. obviously was going to leak then, right? Like as soon as they're yeah. available to teams to make claims, um, the news is going to leak. And so that's, I believe what happened if I had to you know, put an educated guess on this. And so, yeah, so what's up happening is Hunter Renfro and Randall Gritchick and all these guys end up playing two more games when they're not even really on the team anymore. And everyone knows. Yeah. And everyone knows. And it's weird. And, you know, even Ren- Renfro was kind of like, it's just tough. Like, it's just not, you know, it's not ideal. They had to like fly all the way to San Francisco 
for their series in Oakland from Philadelphia. And then immediately like, like Dominic Leon literally went from city fields to Philadelphia to San Francisco back to city field in like one day, like it's just, <laughs> you know, so it's just that like, cause the Mariners are playing at the Mets and, of course. and, that, and that's like, you know, that was the, what happened? I mean, it, the whole thing is, is, is so ridiculous to me. Um, and then the other thing you have to consider is, you know, what message is this sending to like free agents and players and like, you know, like this is the chaotic nature of this organization that, that they're so focused on, you know, uh like not necessarily winning it's like if you're not if it doesn't work like they're just going to blow it up and it's 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 not necessarily taking into account like you know the the players and where they signed and just like the uh, having to go through this whole process that i don't think was really fair to anyone i mean it, you know at the end of the day you're a big league ball player and and it's it's allowed it's within the rules but it, it just i can't imagine that you're going to attract a ton of free agents after the way this whole season has played out totally where it's just been chaos and uh, you know just failures and and like it just seems like everything is completely off the desperation rail. desperation in every yeah. which way which has been our favorite word on this pod this season but there's desperation in the other way desperation to get under the luxury tax finally admitting defeat on this season and just blatantly cutting players left and right and handling it in as awkward of a way as you could imagine. Yeah. And who wants, who wants to come and be a part of that voluntarily. Right. Right. I mean, that's what I think kind of at the end of the day, like that's where my, my head goes, especially if you, especially if you don't resign someone like Otani, who is a draw for free agents to play with him, I imagine. Of and course. Then, you know, someone like Mike Trout, who's at this point, you know, we talked about it last time. I think you just got to question his ability to be on the field for a full season. And, and be effective on the field for a full season. It just hasn't happened now uh, in three years. So that's that's a fact. And it sucks, but it's like at this point, I think everybody's got questions about where, where this is all headed. Uh, I certainly do. Don't know what's going to happen with Perry. Don't know what's going to happen with Phil, whether they're going to be brought back or not, or, or you know, uh, what direction this organization goes in, whether that's already selling the team, whether that's Mike Trout. Like, you know, uh, Jeff Fletcher on the road asked Mike Trout if he would, be uh requesting a trade if there was something you just could rule out right then and there and and trout was like i'm just not even going to comment on that which it's not a no right he's not saying i'm not gonna i mean and that and that's like that's where things are right now i'm not saying he's going to or he's not i don't know right. but what i do know is that it doesn't there's no process right now there's no way to look forward and say this is the angel's path and this is where they're headed and i think yeah. that's a huge issue right now especially as you head into an off season where you're going to need free agents to want to come and be a part of this and um you know just they're going to redo what they always do i'm sure just to go into next season believing they have a chance but i'm not so sure they do and i know we talk about how all decisions however erratic they appear to be in this organization like ladder up to Artie. and to be clear is your read on the whole waiver situation that that was a directive from Artie, presumably to get under I the luxury so. task I mean, uh, like i'm not gonna like if i'm not gonna write it i'm not gonna say it here but i mean i think it's a i think that's something that's you read between the lines it makes some sense right i mean that's my read on it at least as someone completely uninformed and just someone who's kept an eye on the angels complete roller coaster of a season that I, that had to be an arty decision to get under that because i can't imagine perry woke up one day and was like Hey, you know, let's just cycle, you know, Grichik, Renfro, Moore, Everyone, all Lopez, Giolito. I mean, for crying out loud, they traded 
their two best prospects for Giolito and Lopez, and they lasted a few weeks on the team. That is crazy. It's not easy for the Angels to get an established top 100 prospect. They rarely develop them, and they had one. They actually had one in Edgar Caro, who they traded, and then immediately they like these guys are gone for nothing. And that that I think will be the hardest thing to reconcile when this is all said and done is that if this guy turns into something special, which I think is really possible, he's 20 years old. He's dominating for the White Sox and, and Birmingham, their double-A affiliate. I think at that point, if he this guy turns into something, that's where it's going to be hard to swallow. I mean, that you really gave away. That's going to be like one of those all-timers. Like, you know, they're every, yeah. the, Angels have their, the Angels have their fair share of all-timer decisions that, like, you go back and are like, holy guacamole. But uh, <laughs> this, is, this could be one of them, right? Totally. I mean, it's just unforgivable. I can't even fathom, like, when there are a lot of like, I feel like there's a lot of comments made and baseball discourse about like, wow, like, could you imagine this free age? Like when you look back at previous trades and free agent deals, it appeared that teams were a lot more short-sighted or paying for past performance. And, you know, you look at Chris Davis getting paid $150 zillion or whatever he made and then, you know, fell off the face of the earth or maybe he's not the best example, but just teams have demonstrated a willingness like the angels when they signed Albert Pujols to pay for past performance and assume it'll go forward. And then the industry five years later is talking about how that's so foolish that we ever thought we would pay for past performance or teams that trade away the farm for, you know, a month and a half of a player. And this is just taking it to a new level, trading your two best prospects for a few weeks of a couple players that, aren't even on the organization anymore it's impossible to wrap your mind around they went all in on a on a season that that i just did not i mean i think we talked about this like i you can make the justification to do everything that they've done at the end of the day there are so many decisions that that when you make when you ever just because you're justifying and making decisions is not making the right decision i think that's kind of where this went wrong like the angels went all in on trading some of their best prospects for players when they were not really in a great playoff position where they had to jump several teams they were several games out that's where i think the the concern is here is like they just they just decided to 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 do this when there wasn't really like a super clear path for them to make it there was an obvious path if they were to play really well but you know it's a big if and with the schedule they had in august i think anybody could have reasonably said hey they might not be able to actually do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because then, hey, look what happened! In, they're eight and twenty-four since uh, since the trade deadline. Eight and twenty-four. That is wow. one out of like four games. Yeah. Oh no, that's not right. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's thirty-two games, and yeah. they've won one out of four of them. So that's where they're at. I mean, they lost seven to start. They lost five in a row. Now they're like, you know, they're just not. Wi- they're like, they're not winning baseball games. Um, and right now they're kind of spiraling. I mean, it's, you know, they don't have a good roster out there. It's, it's, I think they're kind of beaten down by the whole thing. And it's, it's a shame, man. It, it sucks. But it's like, also at the same time, like, you know, I don't, I don't feel a lot of sympathy because I do believe that this was a possibility. I think it was always a possibility. I said it was a possibility and, and it, here we are. This is what it played out. I didn't think it would get this ugly and this bad, but, um, you know, I figured they'd at least be in some contention, but, uh, yeah. Sure. They didn't even get, they didn't even, they were out of contention by like a week after the, really out of contention by the week after the trade deadline. Right. Cause they had the losing streak, right? It was a seven in a row. They lost seven in a row. And, and then meanwhile, I think the Mariners played it smart. I mean, you know, it's, it's for what they are. I mean, if the Angels stood pat, I wouldn't have thought that was smart either. But the pretty much the Mariners stood pat. They traded away their, 
their closer and and you know right now they're in the they're in the thick of it um they made a run they they got into the race and they actually took the division lead there for a couple days so it's just tough you don't always like to compare but at the same time like i I think it's smart to like look at at how teams operate in various situations and and calculate where you think you're at and how good you think you are and and i think the angels were were looking at an idealistic scenario rather than a realistic one totally and we said right after the trade deadline that the mariners are operating how the angels should in an alternate universe and when you look at the run the mariners have made in an alternate universe, that's the run that, you know, Perry, Artie, and Nevin all thought the Angels were going to make. And now the Mariners are vying for first place in the AL West, and the Angels are floundering. And um, to your point, uh, I just it's looked it up. I, what? I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's not like I think the thing that that it's sometimes like you hear from the Angels people and like, like, oh, the Mariners made their run, but we couldn't. It's like, no, the Mariners, like, it, it's not about like the luck. They didn't just luck into a run. Like they have a right. better team, right? They have a better team. That is the beginning middle and end of it and i think that's where like that's the where the angels need to realize like it's not you don't just go on a winning streak because it's a winning streak right you don't just go on a losing streak because you got unlucky and like they've had some awful luck with injuries i totally acknowledge that but i think that overall they just they just didn't have a good enough team and that's what they got exposed against all the really good teams that they ended up playing and they had some bad luck but at the end of the day it was more i just think they did not have the roster to to make the playoffs and they maybe didn't have the you know, the infrastructure and their organization to to build up a roster that that could really sustain itself for six months. And most no. And most concerning is that how can you sit here today and believe that they're going to have a roster built for contention next year or three years from now or beyond that? Like you just you can't like it's not even about like this year ended like we're saying like weeks ago. But if you're looking ahead, I mean, it almost looks more bleak. Yeah, the thing about like I predicted, I think we, before the season, I, th- I told you I thought the Angels would make the wild card, and I'm just I'm never going to do that again. Where I, I'm, the Angels need to prove it before <laughs> I think anybody can predict them making any playoff run. I just think that that the players on their team, like it's it's not always about that. Um, it's sometimes about just like everything else, and I think the players have been bad, but also everything else hasn't been very good either. Um, Decision making hasn't been very good. The execution, the, you know, I can't imagine the you know. The coaching's been very good. It's just not nothing seems like it's worked. This... When next season starts, it will have been ten years, a full decade since they last made the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that's that's on the ownership, right? That's that all of the things I just mentioned. That comes down to ownership. It just does. It comes down to who the buck stops with, and who makes the ultimate decisions, and who sets the strategy for how you know everything operates, and who sets the budget. Most importantly, for how things get spent, not only on their payroll but everywhere else. And so that's that's the Angels' issue. That's where you know it's it stinks um, that they you know can't necessarily figure that out. But I just don't know. I'm not, I'm never going to predict them to make the playoffs again until they make it. Not that they'll not that they'll uh, you know lose any sleep over that. But that's just my perspective on it. Like they need to prove it before I think anybody can actually envision them being a playoff team. Edgar Caro, former number one prospect on the Los Angeles Angels, uh, hitting three ten in his first 24 games in the White Sox minor league system and now ranks as the third best prospects, third best prospect in the White Sox system. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's going to sting. They also traded Kai Bush who at the time, I think, you know, I mean, he's, he's had a really rough go in the minor leagues, but I mean, he's still like a highly ranked prospect. So, I mean, it's, you know, one of those things where if he puts it together, it ends up being like, you know, I believe he's a hard throwing lefty pitcher. Like that's start with, you know, potential for being a, a starter. That also would stink to lose that. I mean, like, 
Like, there's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of players that they let go of. And I, I think you could also look at all of them and make a case against a good number of them. that They're not going to be big leaguers, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they are like, I'm working on a story right now about Kyle Bradish, who is, you know, uh, was, I think like a mid-level prospect for the angels who was kind of a piece in a four person trade to, for the Orioles, for Dylan Bundy. Well, look at what he's doing now. He's third in the AL in ERA, right? Like he's, he's like, like the ace on the best team in the American league. And so that's, that's like, that's where I think, you know, <laughs> you don't know if some of these guys are going to be good. You don't know mm-hmm. if, some of, if some of these players just going to hit or get coached someplace else and do really well there. That's what yeah. happens when you trade 12, some of them will be good. I just think like, or at the very least one or two. Uh, I think that's usually how, you know, prospects tend to work. And, and they, they were good enough to get the players they got back for them. So they, you know, other teams must think there's some potential there too. With all the churn and roster spots on the big league team, did the angels uh, backfill or call anyone up? That's interesting or of note as people kind of cast their gaze toward future seasons. Um, I mean, they called up Kyron Paris, who's, you know, is a double A the whole year is, you know, he's a good player in double A. I mean, he's had a really nice season. And OPS. Do over- the Angels even have a triple A team? Because I feel like everyone just comes from double A. Yeah. Um, they called up a lot of guys from triple A. Most of their triple A, okay. I feel like, are players that they just cycle, you know, like yeah. Jimmy Hergitz or Andrew Wance is, you know, your whoever Gerardo Reyes. It's just like, you know, guys, your four a players guys who you need just get up and down at, at times. And I think, yeah, they don't usually like the top, a lot of their top prospects have, have not come from triple a. Uh, right. It's interesting. I just think to the altitude, they feel like impacts the overall play of, you know, overall play. And so, right. um, but yeah, Kyron Paris. I mean, I, you know, it's tough to get a real read on Kyron Paris. I mean, I think he's got a lot of really good tools. He's really fast. I think he's got like 40 something stolen bases this year, but We'll see how he does. It's been a little bit of a tough start on the you know offensive side for him. Really good defensive player. So we'll see. I don't know. I think it's kind of the point of this that you can yeah. look. So it's like, you know, it's right. And as the season continues to melt away, Otani is playing through it all, at least when he's not injured, uh, you know, when he's still capable of hitting, which we don't know if he is right now. Yeah, he's 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 I don't really understand it. Why is he playing? Like, I don't. He's like, he might, he's going to need surgery at some point. I don't, I mean, Nesbolello talked the other night, his, his agent basically was explaining that like, they know he'll need some sort of surgery. They just haven't decided which yet. And I don't really know like what, and he also is very confident that he can come back next year as a DH and maybe even as a pitcher, but I don't even understand how these things would be possible, especially if he's not going to get the surgery ASAP and he's going to wait to the end of the season, potentially. I don't really get this whole thought process. I mean, it'd be nice to see him in an Angels uniform one more time, I'm sure. But I think for his sake, I mean, at some point, it's not worth it, right? Like, I know he wants to finish off and finish what he started. But, hey, look, the Angels are not in the playoff. They're like 11 games below 500. Like, like you've got a humongous future as a you know top player who's going to make a lot of money. Like, if I were him, I would just shut it down and, and, and get healthy. I mean, even right now, he's dealing with inflammation in his oblique. And apparently, he, like, was trying to convince... Nevin to get him in as a pinch hitter last night. And it's, it's like, why? Wow. So I, I, and Nevin to his credit, I think said, no, I mean, it's like, yeah, like what if we're not going to like risk further injuring. Him. And that's for the angels sake too. Right. They don't want to be like pushing this guy to play and, and then have to deal with right. the optics are horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good. I, if I were the angels, I just wouldn't even, I would not let him play tonight. I wouldn't let him play maybe until like he gets one more time out, uh, out there in front of the right. home and say goodbye. If I, that, 
like that would be the way I would handle it. Uh, not even goodbye, but just you know maybe goodbye, potential goodbye. Yeah, right. I mean, it would essentially feel like goodbye, even if he does you know end up resigning. That's the way I would handle it if I were the Angels, and maybe even if I was Otani. But I don't. Doesn't seem like that's what he wants to do. He wants to keep going for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. What it's got to be loyalty, right? It just feels like out of loyalty to the organization. I mean, the guy's been nothing but loyal since he started playing for the Angels. I mean, I but it, not that you and I have to agree that it makes sense, but uh, it's got to be loyalty because there's no other. I don't know. Nothing else I could think of. Don't know. Maybe it's. I don't know if it's loyalty. If it's just his own. If it's record settings. If it's. If it. I. I it's, it's not going to make him any more money in free agency. That's why I don't understand it. And, and it's like, I respect it. I respect his desire to want to go out there and, you know, because I mean, like, listen, we could talk about Anthony Rendon as someone who I I don't know if he wants to be out there. I don't know if he wants to play. I don't know if he wants to fight through injuries. He won't say. And quite frankly, he's been out since July 4th now, which is more than two months with a bruise. Um, now, to my understanding, it's a bad bruise. And I don't necessarily know if the injury is super bad or whatever, but um the angels have said it's a it's a bad injury but they also have given literally no update and have not even indicated that he's progressed even in the slightest so as a result um i you know i think people are very fair to question whether or not he's kind of milking this because nobody's given any answers and will he appear before the fans before the end of the season to wave goodbye a bruise should heal in theory or should at least like get somewhat better and he should be able to progress to doing some things but as far as i'm aware he's not uh, so that's weird. That's odd. And, and, and the fact that he's had no accountability for it makes me just feel like, Hey, there, he doesn't want to answer the questions because the answers aren't great for him. That's what I come down to. I, I just, I, I don't make, make those assumptions. I'm not like making those assumptions necessarily, but I, I think if you just I think those are all fair points to make when you look at the circumstances for what they are and, um, you know, his whole no habla inglés, I think his whole, you know, not necessarily, uh, really caring what anyone thinks is uh, what was the context for that was he like sitting at his locker was he just walking by and you tried to ask him a question uh, yeah, he comes in and he gets dressed or whatever and yeah you you approach him and you say hi anthony and he says no habla inglés today and then he just like cackles and then he just puts on a hoodie and walks out pretty much that was it he's not like you know he's not like you know screaming at anybody and like being like an in-your-face asshole but in a lot of ways, I don't really see much of a difference. He's not like not, you know, he's not respecting the fact that Angels fans care and want to know what he's doing and how he's doing, or the fact that you know we're just doing our jobs. And right. and he like always makes a you know a, a big fuss about that. And it's it's like all of that. And then you know other players see that, right? Other players who are are playing for a lot less money, who have you know working just as hard. And I think they're like it just rubs off on on you know players and i've it's, he's done it this year where like we try to go up to other players who are near his locker and he'll like yell at them not to do it as a joke but at the same time it's like it doesn't it just is a bad look a little bit of truth in every joke right yeah i think that's kind of my take on it and it's just the whole thing is is odd and and i don't know exactly what the remedy is for it because there's three years left on this deal and, and i think you can make a case that this is the worst free agent contract of all time as it sits right now. I mean, really, not just with the Angels. I mean, people could point to Steven Strasburg, but at least Strasburg was with his organization, had the, you know, uh, I think, wherewithal to... to uh, The narratives are completely different. ...retire when he when he felt it was time. And I think he's they're deferring some of the money and, like, you know, he's worked with them. And I think he's, you know, if I'm not mistaken, is having a press conference in a couple of days. And it's all handled, you know, 
buttoned up. And this has just been like everything else we're talking about, very chaotic. Do you think it bothers Rendon's teammates, his antics? Do you think they care? Uh, I don't know. To to be fully honest with you, I think I wouldn't want to speak for them. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say if uh, I were one of his teammates, how I would feel. I can tell you how I feel from my perspective as a fan of the game that I just think, and especially as someone who is your friend and friend of many journalists covering baseball, it's just, just laughable. It's horrible. Yep. Just, yeah, just. It just, There's just, no justification for being the kind of person it sounds like he's being. It's it's just, and I think what people don't should understand it's not like he's being disrespectful to us, which he is, but like the reporters, I don't care. Like that is something that happens all the time, not necessarily in the Angels clubhouse, but just in this industry. Like you know, you you cover teams, you cover people. You're not not everyone's going to be like the nicest person on the earth. Not everyone's going to be the easiest. Not everyone's going to want to do an interview. And I respect all of that. But I, what I think is that there is a responsibility. We've talked about this. There's a responsibility to do your job. And I think part of doing your job is to one, get back as quick as possible. And I'm not saying he isn't, I'm not, but I'm also not going to say he is because nobody has indicated that he is. And he certainly hasn't. So until somebody does, I'm not going to assume anything. I'm not going to assume he isn't. I'm not going to assume he is trying to get back. I think you owe people that, like that understanding that like, Hey, like I'm doing what I can to be out there. I think that's the difference. Like people get frustrated with Mike Trout at times, but Hey, you know what mm-hmm. I will say about Mike is like, it seems like he wants to be out there at the very least. Like, you know, he he pushed hard to get back for that Cincinnati series. It didn't work. And I think now he's kind of just reading the context of the season and not pushing things. Um, but, you know, he's he he, he wanted any he, he keeps people apprised of like where he is, what he's in, how he's playing or like how his his rehab. And I think the fans are owed that because this is all about them. Right. This is all about the like the entertainment value and like caring about your favorite players. And and you get paid thirty eight million dollars a year. I think you're owed. You know, you owe it to the organization, you owe it to the fans, and you owe it to everybody to to be accountable for even not being out there and like what it's going to take for you to be there. And and he just doesn't see it that way, and don't think he really wants to be there very much. It doesn't seem like it to me. And you know, there's a great photo that uh, Sarah Valenzuela took that, and she tweeted it out before uh, the photo day. It's just like everybody out there ready to take this picture, and Anthony Rendon's the last guy like walking out, like just kind of not like it just seems like a chore to even be doing that you know and that that's where it's just like man that's uh i think it's tough and i think it's, it says it all it, says it, it, it all. does that was the photo like a lot of people commented on that and i said like it it says it all this picture kind of just sums it up and that's with rendon like i think it's an issue i think it's going to be an issue for three years if this is kind of how it's going to play out you know because i don't know if it impacts his teammates but i can't imagine they're like loving it totally I'm just curious, as someone who goes to a lot of Angels home games, do you see people wearing his jersey? No, but I don't really look that hard. But I mean, my Angels fans are over. I think that's and that's his fault. You know, he he, yeah. could, he could have been heard and and said, "Hey, I really want to be out there," and this wouldn't have been an issue. But right. even if you're lying, even if you're lying, it's like objectively what you should say. Yeah, I'm sure there are players that have not wanted to be out there, but said they did. I'm not right. saying I'm not advocating for that, but I just think that there's there's just a measure of like way to handle yourself in this, in this industry. Um, especially when you're making this money and I don't like to attach money to it, but it's just, that is what is the reality of the situation. He is a face of the team because of what he makes and because of his history and because of who he is. And that's what, when you sign that contract, there are those responsibilities that come with it. 
if Jose Marte were to be hurt, like I think it wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, get garner the same interest, right? Because he's someone who's young and just came up, but uh, he's a, uh, you know, that's not, not the case, right? Like you're talking about a, a guy who's been a superstar in this league. Yeah. Yeah. A guy with a big price tag next to his name and the guy who wrote the big check for him already. I'm just, he can't be completely oblivious to the situation. I'm just wondering if he cares. Not that, yeah. not that even, even if he does care, if he doesn't care, there's not much you do about it. it. The real question is, would he have the guts to pull the plug on the whole contract? Well, I mean, that remains to be seen. You don't I, think so? I don't think that's happening. It's fair. I'm, yeah. Well, it's safe to say if they put him on waivers, I think he'd go unclaimed. <laughs> yeah. They have a couple guys like that. It's uh, <laughs> tough, man. I think, uh, just, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with it. the whole, the whole operation is just, we're in such an unknown, unclear period where, uh, I don't know what's going to happen next. I'd be interested to see. I and mean, this going to be an interesting couple of weeks. There's nothing. I mean, the, the angels are nothing, if not incredibly interesting at all times. <laughs> I saw like Lindsay Adler tweet. She covers, you know, baseball for the wall street journal. She tweeted I, like after the whole thing yesterday with the body double, she's like, every single tweet I see about the angels is just so interesting. And it's like, yes, like that is such a girl would put it like, like, why is it that everything they do is just like, like, like has to become this viral, viral moment where everybody in the whole sport is like talking about. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is every day. Whether right. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. Transaction. The team photo is about as vanilla and status quo as it gets. And all of a sudden the best player has a body double standing in for him. I guess by the time this posts, there's going to be something else we didn't talk about because it happened like while I was on this <laughs> call. <laughs> so the 13 games out of the wild card on here, September the 6th, what's it going to take to uh, crawl into that third wild card berth? What? <laughs> <laughs> to that to that question the thing that i that's like i think an underlying part of like all this losing is like you know like i think there was always like okay if you know they don't make the playoffs like maybe they'll have a winning season right maybe they'll snap that trout because it's been 2015 that they had a winning record wow like i mean barring an absolute you know torrid stretch down you know the last month going undefeated for the basically i mean they're maxed out at 87 wins now so and that's i mean that's their max. They're not going to do that, obviously. So what is it that, like, you know, what is it that they're playing for at this point? Because right now they're 11 games below 500. This is a team that I think in June was nine games above 500. So you're talking about a 20-game drop. Um, you know, they were above 500 at the deadline. Like, you know, it's wild. I mean, the whole thing's crazy. So it's like, not only are you not playing for the playoffs anymore, now you're just not playing for, like, a 500 record. They might even have a worse record than they had last year when they played, like, just, like, so many unknowns of guys who just like should not have been in the big leagues and was just like player mm-hmm. out like so many guys who aren't even in affiliated baseball this year were like on the angels major league roster last year like a lot <laughs> and that's that is like a crazy thought and this team might actually be worse when that's all said and done they need to go like 500 i mean to avoid that i think so it's it's just I think that's the underlying sadness to all of this is like, it's not only are they not making the playoffs, but they're not even going to be, you know, good. Right. When it's all said and done, they may finish with a worse record than the Tigers, 
Pirates, and Nationals. And if I told any Angels fan before the season that they were going to finish below the Nats, Pirates, and uh, Tigers, you'd, like, Man, <laughs> you'd want to smash that fast-forward button. That second wild card is hitting hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Um, no, but yeah, it's like, I think at this point, you're almost, you got to root for that as an Angels fan. It's like, okay, well, what's the best-case scenario here? You maybe have the best chance of getting a good draft pick yeah get a draft pick for a guy who you can uh trade away to get three weeks of a proven veteran in a season (laughs) or two and uh try your luck again or they're just going to call that player up like immediately so it could go either way (laughs) could go either way with this team right well on that note (laughs) on that note things are looking up things things are are looking up yeah yeah, that's kind uh, of the, that's the TLDR of today, you know. Yeah. If you just fast forward to right now, we'll just tell you the good news, and that is, um, there's only a few more weeks left. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who's uh, Luis Renifo, Player of the Week in the AL? <laughs> there it is. That is the good news of the day here on Calling All Halos. <laughs> Luis Renifo, everyone. He's doing great. I shouldn't. I shouldn't joke around. He's had a nice. He's had a nice turnaround this year. He's. You know, he's established himself again after he kind of did that last year. I think he's done it even more this year. So good for him. But, yep, it's uh, it's hard to kind of care about those things if you're an Angels fan now. Has any Angel other than Otani won AL Player of the Week? Um, Well, I mean, Trout has many times, I think, but I don't know about this year. Well, no, this season. This I'm season. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, honestly. Maybe. I'm just imagining a list. Moniac. What? Possible Moniac did. At some... I'm not sure. Okay. About. Sorry, I was just trying to imagine a list of 2023 Angels AL Player of the Weeks, and it's Otani with like, you know, 17 next to his name, and then Luis Renjifo. Yes, won. Luis Renjifo. The Angels, the Angels lead the world at, you know, awards, individual <laughs> awards for players. <laughs> Not all of them Luis Renjifo, but congratulations to Luis, and um, congratulations to all of you guys for listening through this and for uh for sticking with it and you know we appreciate it so we hope that uh you know you you appreciate it too if you do you know everyone that's leaving nice comments man it's such an it's so nice to read that we really love it especially since this is such you know small operation here here at calling all halos headquarters so we appreciate your nice comments and your support and uh, if you're so inclined to do so again it would uh it would be um it would be very much appreciated uh connor is headed off to his honeymoon in a couple days so we'll be back in a couple weeks when he's back uh right as or maybe i don't know can you can you record while you, no you no no there will be no electricity where we're going um i'm looking forward to it for a couple weeks i'm trying to imagine in my head what the angels record is going to be in the couple weeks that i'm gone um better than the giants we're not talking about the giants this is calling all halos of anaheim um, but I will say that both the Halos and Giants have failed to win a game in the month of September so far. So it's not looking good yes. on either side. Uh, I'm going to say, let's say the Angels play 14 games while I'm out. Let's call it uh, 3 and 11. 3 and 11. Won't bet against you. Put it that way. Won't bet against you. Hey, no, no, no. go either way. Anywho, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back again soon. Take care.